Hey mamas, I'm Sam. And I'm Taryn. And together we're the Messy Messy Mamas. Mamas. We've created the Messy Mama Pod because we've both experienced the messiness that motherhood brings. We're completely unfiltered and unapologetically ourselves as we chat about all things motherhood. Once a month, we're going to be spotlighting one of you mamas so that you can share your story, advocate for your babies, and connect with the other messy moms in our community. Dry shampoo's our best friend and this shirt may or may not be clean. Our lives are completely chaotic, so if you're anything like us, welcome to the mess. Okay, let's go chat. And remember, mamas, messy can be beautiful. Okay, welcome back. Today is actually the first day that we are doing our Messy Mama Spotlight. And this is kind of a component to our podcast that I'm super, super excited for. Um, And since it is our very first episode of the Messy Mama Spotlight, For those of you who don't follow us on Instagram and maybe don't know what our goal is with it, it's really just giving moms who kind of have that like really hard messiness either to getting to start their family or once they have started their family, whether it's some sort of diagnosis or anything like that, giving them a voice and just that power in sharing their story. So Today is our first episode, and when we were kind of game planning for this section or this segment of our podcast, um, Sam and I were talking about, like, who do we have on here? And the moms that we wanted to spotlight were moms that know that messiness, that are vocally advocating for their babies, that have that very, you know, this is really, really hard, but we can still be positive in it. And so Jade was someone that instantly I thought of. Um, You're going to hear all about her story, but essentially Jade is raising a little girl, Alice, and her older daughter, Rayla, Um, and Alice has Down syndrome, and she's literally the sweetest little girl, so I cannot wait to hear about your story. So thank you for being here, Jade. Thanks for having me. Are you nervous? I'm kind of nervous. A little bit, but that's okay. okay. This is going to be good. So one of the reasons that like you and I kind of go way back to our early childhood days of playing Mm -hmm. hockey with each other and against each other. And so we've always kind of just stayed connected on social media. I mean, the power of social media is really, really cool. And I remember like watching you document your pregnancy on Instagram. And I loved how you were like healthy through your pregnancy and you took so much pride in being pregnant. And I just remember being like, oh, she just looks so good pregnant with Rayla and with Alice. Um, And then like, and I want you to tell this a little bit, but you didn't essentially know that Rayla or that um, Alice, sorry, had Down syndrome through your pregnancy, correct? No, um, it was a unexpected surprise. The best surprise. It it was, it was good. (laughs) It is good. Um, Yeah. But it was definitely a surprise that I personally was not um, expecting, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't think you really, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but with, down syndrome like there's not there are those like precursors right but there and there's the the test to tell I guess right yeah so there's like a pre-blood test uh screening that you do or you can do um it's not like an accurate yes or no it gives you kind of a percentage of what the chances are um okay. I believe that it takes into account like your age and then your 
your results from your blood blood test, which um, I did, but um, nothing unusual came back from it, and uh, so I wasn't expecting anything yeah. differently, <laughs> or I wasn't expecting it. Uh, I wasn't expecting Alice to be born with Down syndrome because it's not something that was kind of flagged beforehand. Yeah. I'm I'm very glad about. I'm actually um, thankful about. But I, I do want to point out that whether she, whether we would have known beforehand or not, it wouldn't have changed anything. Um, and I think that's right. a, that's a very big um, issue. Not something mm. I really want to get into deeply right now. But um, there's a pretty high abortion rate when it comes to. Uh, pre-diagnosis of babies with Down syndrome. So I just want to make it clear that whether doing the blood test or not, knowing beforehand or not, wouldn't have changed the outcome on what we decided or would have decided to do. Yeah. No, and I love that. And I love that you're like, because for me, like I had no idea about that, right? And that's kind of something that I think is so powerful and I know so many moms are going to be able to relate to you because I really hope that moms that are raising kids that have down syndrome plug into this but then also for the moms like me who really like I have that awareness and I try to educate myself as best as possible but I would never know that right Mm -hmm. like that's not just like public knowledge but it needs to be yeah well I didn't know I had no idea (laughs) yeah Yeah. So So, can you kind of, do you mind sharing, like, there there are obvious, like, there are physical markers, right, that would indicate or that would lead you to believe that your child is born with Down syndrome. So what did that look like in the hospital? Um, so for, for us and me, um, I think because it's not something that I was expecting, it's not something that I caught on to right away. Yeah. Okay. Which my husband did, which was so weird. <laughs> um, oh. So we had her and like everything is good and she was all good. And uh, the we had her later in the day. So the doctor that was on call to check her out was just going to check her out tomorrow because there was no, um, there was no initial need to have him come back in and check her out. So, uh, once we kind of got situated back in our room and everything and, uh, Logan and I were just like hanging out and, you know, he was holding her and was looking at her and he said, she kind of looks like she has down syndrome. (laughs) I was like, no, she doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't have known if she did. Yeah. You know, just kind of being not what I was expecting. And I didn't really see it. So when I, and I, um, I know I've shared on social media kind of a little bit of the story <clears throat> behind how we did find out. So, that happened the next day the doctor came back and checked her out and um you know they take your baby and they they do the checks not usually in the room they take them and uh do it when you're not there and then 
he came back and the nurse came back and my parents were there at the time. So they asked if the nurse asked if they would, you know, leave the room for a second, which I found kind of odd. Cause like, this is our second baby and you know, yeah. I'm open about, it's not a big deal. Who's in the room. They can stay and whatever. So I found that kind of odd anyway. So my, my mom and dad left and uh, the doctor came in and, you know, he was very, that's one thing he was very good. I've heard some awful horror stories about how the doctors present mm. this kind of information to parents, which would be um, so, like, heartbreaking, I think, you know? Well, and it would just, it makes or breaks the experience. Yeah, and and so, you know, he was very, um, his bedside manner was good. He didn't, uh, he didn't present it in a... <clears throat> discouraging way but it was also presented um you know he told us you know she kind of has some markers that could potentially be from down syndrome but he was so uncertain uh, oh. that it was it was I was so for the whole week up until actually getting the final diagnosis, I like went back and forth in my head constantly. Like she has it. She doesn't have it. No, she's got it. Yeah, I can see it. No, I can't see it. And that was so exhausting. <laughs> no kidding. And oh like, my gosh. I think that deep down I, I knew because I'm like, what if, what would be the point of this if she didn't like, honestly, right. Um, so I think that deep down I knew, but I was just, I think because the doctor was kind of unsure and because, you know, sometimes I could see it and then sometimes I'm like, no, that yeah. without the final, like, okay, yes, yeah, she has Down syndrome. It was just, your mind just doesn't stop going back and forth. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. And so it took a week for you to find out. Yeah, so, like, we had her, I think it was a when, maybe it was a Tuesday, I don't remember. Anyway, so the Wednesday was when um, it was actually up in question whether or not she did. And then they, so they have to take, like, a blood test, and it had to mm. be sent off to, I think it was either, B, I think BC is the genetic um, place that it got sent to. So it got sent on, like, a Wednesday I think it was probably processed by like Friday night, Saturday, but nobody would have been there to get mm. results back. So then Monday yep. was when we finally got the results. And I remember the doctor saying like, well, we'll book an appointment for you to come back and talk about that. And we're like, no, like when you know, <laughs> you call us and let us know. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think also part of it, like, you know, in today's day and age, um, social media and Facebook and Instagram, like anything that happens is so instant. Um, mm -hmm. And when you don't hear about something, it's usually like, okay, what's wrong? What's the problem? What's going on? Like, you know, so yeah, our, our close family knew, um, friends knew that we had the baby, but, um, or that we had Alice, I guess she's not the baby anymore. <laughs> you know, they knew that we had had her, but we hadn't posted anything. We hadn't really mm -hmm. talked much about it because, you know, we wanted to know what 
exactly was happening before we like let all that information out so you know it kind of took a while to do that and I think that you know raised a couple questions that we kind of heard through the grapevine like is everything okay yeah oh oh yeah I know all about that (laughs) and like exactly (laughs) the speculating right and people mean well but sometimes I know I find that too and I have said that to Derek over and over kind of with Reese was like social media is so incredible and it allows us to stay connected but there are times in my life that I don't want to be connected but when it's something like a wedding or a pregnancy or anything like that people it's like people think that they have the right to know like ASAP and it's kind of like okay 75 years ago you would have had to wait for like my grandmother to tell you when she's off her horse and buggy I don't know like it just was not so instant so I I totally feel that so did you guys have experience with anyone that had down syndrome like is there anyone that you come in contact frequently like did you know kind of what to expect with Alice um uh, I grew up in Glenworth. I went to school. We had a K to 12 school there and there was one um, kid, kid, I say kid, he was older than me, um, who had Down syndrome. So I, um, I knew that aspect of it, I guess, you know, right. I, I knew him through the school. He was still older than I don't know, I think he was probably six or seven years older than what I was. So um, not a lot of what, you know, he wasn't in our class by any means. But that is like the basis of what I have had completely. Like, that's it. Yeah. And uh, Logan, I think there might have been someone in his school briefly um, who had it. Other than that... um, Besides just, you know, seeing people um, like strangers. Right. No. (laughs) So did you like from the hospital, I guess, but support aspect, like coming out of that, like to me, I think, I don't know. I just feel like I would want to like dive in and like learn. Was there like support for you leaving like that diagnosis or once you got the diagnosis or like what did that look like? Um, okay, support from like the hospital and like our doctor themselves was mostly like, you know, take a look at like the Canadian Down Syndrome Society page. Mm. There's resources on there. Um as far as support for kind of just like us in general on this, you know, lots of people reached out, uh, people that we didn't really know who had kids with Down syndrome or um, knew somebody with Down syndrome. There was a lot that reached out that way, which which was great. Um, I joined like a mom's support group on Facebook. And a couple other ladies that um, are from Saskatchewan reached out to me and just said, you know, here's some, like, awesome accounts to follow, mm. uh, which which all was, was very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do think that that is probably an area that could use some 
work as far as uh, from like the hospital and and doctor mm-hmm. perspective of it. Um, but we also live in Saskatchewan and are very, um, I mean, we are very remote from yeah. any, <laughs> and there's, there's people here who have children with Down syndrome, but it's, it's, you know, it, it's a common, um, diagnosis, but it's not when you live where there isn't a lot of people. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's hard to like, you know, for them to say, well, here's this support group that we know of here. Right. Like, it's not as readily available, um, right. which is why social media is honestly so powerful for me in, in that aspect of it. Yeah. And that's what, like, I just think that, like, there's two sides of social media. And, I mean, it can be social media as a whole. And I know think you would agree with this. It can be painted as, like, there are some horrid things that happen. But it's also this, like, beautiful dynamic of, like, for me, say, I'll use myself as an example, going through the NICU. For me, sharing that, it was healing. And it was Mm -hmm. therapeutic. And it almost felt like... I was journaling, but then on the flip side, I was connecting. It wasn't just into an empty notebook. It was onto this platform where I had literally probably between my two kids, I bet there was hundreds of people that reached out and said, you know, this is my story or, hey, I have this friend who's now in the hospital. Can you message her? Like that Mm -hmm. dynamic is, is incredible. So that's why I just think that like, I give you so much credit for sharing your story because I think that without you even knowing it, like you're helping that new mom that just found out the diagnosis and has no idea. Right. So I just, yeah, I think that there's just so much power in it and like bless the people. I follow a lot of, um, mom bloggers or whatever they would be influencers that share openly about their lives with, Um, raising a child with Down syndrome and the amount of resources and support that you can find from like one Instagram page it still Mm -hmm. just blows my mind like it's super cool so let's talk about language and this is something that I was kind of saying to Jade before when you don't when you're not in it you really you have like the outside perspective right so I know even this is a little bit different, but even for me having preemie kids, people mean well. <laughs> like, I just have to chalk it up to that. And Derek and I have many conversations where someone will say something and I'm just like, remember, like, they don't know because until you're in it, you don't know. So can you just kind of like, I think that language is power and language holds so much power. And I mean, there are people that are just full of hate and spite and are mean to be malicious. But I also think that there are people out there that just don't know better and are just ignorant until we can teach them. So can you just talk to us about like the language like around Down syndrome and all of that kind of? Yeah, um... And that's, that's very true. I definitely believe like, you know, and until you get it, you don't really get it. But once you mm-hmm. get it, you get it. You and get it. Yeah. Um, it was for me and, and for Logan, like, uh, you don't realize, 
Um, how even saying, you know, this and this was um, like language first, uh, parents and, and advocates and everyone who's um, supporting Down syndrome, they really talk about language first. So when you say, um, you know, we like to say a child with Down syndrome and not, oh, that Down syndrome child, because okay. it's not Down syndrome isn't defining who they are. It's a part of them. Yeah. Um, uh, it helps to, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It helps to explain something about them, but it doesn't, it's not the defining factor of who they are. So, you know, okay. a child with Down syndrome or that boy with Down syndrome. Um, so that's one thing. Um, the hardest and the biggest thing for me currently is the use of the R word. And I don't even I like saying say it anymore. I know. I, I know. Can't even bring myself to say it anymore because it's so. Ugh, it honestly. I never got it until we had Alice. But it is like a punch in the stomach whenever I hear it, and it like it stops me in mid conversation. And I kind of forget what I'm even having a conversation about because I'm so focused on, and I'm, I'm, I'm really bad at not correcting people. I can Mm. correct people that I'm close with and I'm, you know, that part's easy, but it's when, it's when it just happens in like random mid conversation and the person just like keeps talking and I just, oh my gosh. Oh, I, I feel you like, honestly, I just like, I don't think people get it. And, and that's okay because I used to be one of those people. I totally used to be one of those people and it's not a word that I used frequently or that I used to ever describe somebody or, but Mm -hmm. I, I would say it like, Oh, that's so blank. Mm -hmm. Like the situation, the situation, but even that I'm like, that word does not need to be used to describe how shitty your day was or how frustrating a situation is because um, it is like the most demeaning word that can be used Mm -hmm. in my opinion, because at one time it was used to describe people with down syndrome. And I understand that, you know, the dictionary um, version of that word is, you know, slower, um, basically you don't learn things as fast. You're, Mm. which is, I I understand why it was used at one point, but we have so far moved away from that. And, um, you know, I see, (laughs) I'm not one to like get into arguments on, like I post a lot on my social media and I like to share our story and whatever, but I'm not one to like get in any sort of argument on Facebook because I think that's just ridiculous personally. (laughs) Um, I remember a time when someone was defending using that word and I was honestly just so like taken back because I'm like, you obviously don't have somebody in your life that is that close to you or that, um, that you care about that much yeah. 
that have Down syndrome because if you did, you would understand that that's not okay. Yeah. So that, that's a big I, one for me. <laughs> and I, I completely agree with it. And I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, I could literally get, I'm, I'm holding myself back because I'm like, how far do I want to go with this? But I just feel like it's the same as like racism. You know what's acceptable and you know what's unacceptable. Right. And I like I totally agree that like a lot of it is ignorance. And I don't mean ignorance rudely. I mean it as though like you're exactly right. If you don't have someone close to you or that's in that you're kind of like that proximity to you or your bubble, you might not get it. But I also do feel that you know that it's wrong. And there have been people where I have literally said to them, like, eh, let's change that word. Like, that's just like, that's just not a good word, right? It's not a, that's not a describing word, exactly how you said, to just, to explain a shitty situation. And they keep doing it. And I'm just, I just, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to end there because I could just, I could keep going. And I, yeah. So this is something that's really big for me. Um, like my goal with my kids is to really just like help them understand that differences are differences and that doesn't mean they're bad, right? Like there's a difference between you and I, there's a difference between my kids and Alice. There's a difference between, you know, like, and none of it is bad and it, and as cheesy and cliche as it is, like it is what makes the world go round and that makes it diverse and beautiful and I mean, you take out any, like, any one of us, and the world is not the same. It doesn't operate the same. And I, it's just, like, a really, it's something that makes me nervous because I'm, like, how do I teach my kids this in a way that they get it? Like, not just, like, surface level get it, but, like, morally get it. So, one thing, um, we were at Flynn's Forest. It was in Saskatoon. And... Um, there was a little girl there that was in a wheelchair and I don't really know what her diagnosis was, but Tate, she was in the toddler area. So it was very apparent because it was a a small space and he was like, it was when I was expecting Reese. So he was two and a half. He, he understood that she is sitting in a chair and I am not right. And so he kept looking. And at the start, I was kind of like, Tate, like, it's not nice to stare. But then I was kind of like, but are we then hiding it? Like, are we then saying to him, like, she's she looks different than you, so stop making that interaction? So I just said to the mom, I said, I am probably not as educated as I should be. My son, Tate, is very interested in your daughter's wheelchair. Like, are you okay if he comes and talks to your little girl? And she was instantly in tears And was just like, please, like, yes, include her. Like, you need to talk to her. She's a child here. Like, yes. And so Tate went, and I'm getting emotional from this, but he went over and he was, like, playing with her wheelchair. And he's like, oh, nice chair. And he was so excited. And, And I just kind of, like, reminded me that, like, we teach them. Like, what our kids know is what we teach them. So... After all of that, my question to you is, you know, if there is someone, a child that has Down syndrome, like, how can I open up that conversation appropriately to that mom? Like, what would the language be that I can use 
to mm-hmm. her. Um, okay. <laughs> and that's kind of a- loaded with your stories. <laughs> um, and, and honestly, I, I don't know if I can speak to this totally there yet because we haven't really got there yet with Alice. You know, she's still a baby. Um, right. right now, she she's different and, and Logan and I notice, you know, we notice her differences. She She's like almost one and a half. She's not walking. She doesn't crawl yet. Um, so we notice those physical differences basically, but most people that were around, you know, they, everybody knows that she has down syndrome and right. if they don't, she's still this cute little baby that everybody wants to be like oh that's such a cute little baby you know not um which which kind of like I'm I'm kind of going off track here for a second because that just uh, something else in my head is that you know um I've seen mothers and and parents uh with kids with down syndrome who have talked kind of about that of how you know it's easier when they're a baby because Mm. They haven't quite hit that, they haven't quite got out of that cute stage yet, you know? Right, yeah. Everybody's still, everybody's gaga over babies. It doesn't matter what they have or what they don't have or, you know, it's a baby and they're cute. Yes. And um, so we really haven't got to the point of like people kind of, you know, giving us that look or... You know, kids um, staring yet, or you know what I mean. Like we haven't yeah, really yeah. get to that part um, of our journey yet, and I and I know we will, and that's okay. But I definitely just want to say, like, kudos to you for going up to that mom and <laughs> like, you know, because that is such a big oh, that is such a big thing um, because. You know, being a mother with a child who has um, a different ability is is stressful enough without having to think about how are we going to um, like how are we how are we going to parent her and when we know that other people are not everybody's going to be open to her. You know, we yeah. want in a world like that but realistically yeah there's gonna be somebody or there's gonna be something that happens where you know she might not even realize it but as a parent who can see from the outside it's gonna happen yeah and um, you know it's just it's oh oh gosh (laughs) I with you. <laughs> I told myself before I did this, I'm like, "Hey, you can't cry. You can't cry. It's gonna be okay." <laughs> um. Ugh. So I. Ugh, I think that the biggest thing for parents to know is that. Um, it's okay to like, be looking at somebody who's different and wonder and question. And want to know why. Like, those are totally acceptable questions to have. And as a parent, I am more than okay with, you know, speaking to that and being open. It's 
it's, it's more hurtful when you have a parent who is like, don't look at them. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah. Hey, stop staring. Like, that's mean. That's, it's like, no, like, come and talk to us. It's okay. Like, we don't, we're not going to hurt you. Um, yeah. One and, time I read something, sorry. No. This just so plays into that. One time I read something and I actually think it was a mom who had a little girl that had Down syndrome. And in her caption, she said, if you don't, if you, if you think we don't know that our child is different, you're mistaking our parenting ability. And I just remember being like, duh, like, of course, like, of course they know. Right. So for us to ask questions, like, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, like, I don't know. I've had this, like, saying in my head ever since. I don't know. I don't know when it popped in my head. But basically, <laughs> when I think about, basically, when I think about having, I have two kids. I have two girls. Um, one has Down syndrome. One doesn't. Um, they are different, but they are equal. You know, I don't love one more because she doesn't have Down syndrome. You know, I, I definitely have to advocate harder for Alice. I know that, but that doesn't mean that I love her more. You know what I mean? Like, yes, Rayla is a very strong-willed, independent, (laughs) determined sass ball and she's fine like she can she's got this and so does Alice but she needs you know she's gonna need more voices for her and I 100% believe that is why I have Rayla that is part of why she is who Mm. she is because she will advocate so hard for Alice that I won't even have to do it as much (laughs) because um yeah you get exactly what you need and I feel like sometimes you don't even know what you need um until they're here right like I always yeah I just so believe that and I agree like I think there is a reason that Rayla is the way that she is you know and I think she's a lot like her mom but I think that it's you know, one of those like blessing in disguises. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really cool. So have you like, how did you talk to Rayla about that? Or was it, you know, did she pick up on, I mean, probably not. I don't know. No, um, we bought a book. It's called, um, I'll help you paint the octopus red. I can't remember who it's by, but it, it's kind of the story of this little girl and she's gonna have a baby brother sister and then she thinks about all these things that she can do with him or her because she doesn't know yet what what it is um you know and she talks about uh uh riding in a car and eating fruit snacks and and painting and playing kickball and all this stuff and then, you know, her, her dad comes and talks to her and say, you know, you have, you have a new baby brother and um, tells her that he, ha- that he has Down syndrome. And then they go through all these things 
that she had planned to do with him before she knew and kind of says like, oh, he can't do this with me now. And, and the dad is like, well, no, he can still do that, but you know, it might take a little longer, um, but he'll still be able to do it and goes through all the stuff that she thought of. Yeah. And he can do all those things. And um, so that's the book that we bought. And we read it to Rayla and we told her, you know, like Alice has Down syndrome. She's like the little baby in the book. And she's like, okay, you know, like she's, she's four at this time. So, I mean, who cares? Like I have this new baby sister belongs to me and I get to do whatever I want with her basically. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's going to do what I say. (laughs) She knows that she has down syndrome, but she doesn't know any different. She doesn't yeah. know, and um, which is, you know, great. But like to her, that's that's just her sister, and she is who she is, and and yes. there's nothing wrong with her. There's nothing wrong with her, even though she has Down syndrome. She, yes, you know, uh, and she's her little sister, so she, you know, it doesn't matter what she has or doesn't have. That little girl is hers. <laughs> Yes. um, You know, we, and we talk like, you know, we talk about it. She knows, but it doesn't make a difference. And until I think she gets older and kind of realizes what the differences are. Right. It still isn't going to matter. But, you know, at that point, it'll be, she'll understand more. Yeah. She'll have questions and yeah. yeah. And that's just like, I mean, we already touched on this, but like hatred is the only word that I is coming to my mind right now. And that might not be the best describing word, but like that's taught, right? Like mm-hmm. Rayla at four years old wasn't like, oh, she has Down syndrome and have this like big thing of what it is. Like mm-hmm. she gets to decide, right? And it's and it's the language and it's how she's talked to about it and it's how you guys treat Alice because she's just the cutest little thing, right? Like yeah. our, our kids are taught based on how we act. And I know for me, like I think so much into this and Derek's always like, you have to stop. Like you're gonna drive yourself crazy. But I'm like, how do how do we instill our morals and our beliefs in our kids so that when they do get out into the real world, into daycares, into schools, into bullying situations where they're influenced by their kids, like, how do we teach that? But I just so strongly believe that, like, all of that starts at home. And it's the conversations you have with your kids. It's the conversations you have in front of your kids. It's how you talk about other people. It's how you talk to other people. And sometimes I think that we overcomplicate it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what are the words that I choose to use in my home? Am I using inclusive words? Or am I using words like the R word that is so far outdated and just wrong, right? So... For me, I know I'm trying to just trust that, like, what I believe is right will be instilled into my kids. And, but it is, like, I can only imagine that it is hard knowing that 
there will be a time when those conversations do have to change a little bit. But I mean, I have no doubt that you guys will handle it all very appropriately. So two more questions for you. Um, But what are kind of like your challenges, like the biggest challenges that you're facing? And I know you kind of talked about how um, Alice is still young, a year, almost a year and a half old, but even like, maybe not even like physically, but just like emotionally or medically, like what does that look like? A lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, As far as uh, challenges kind of with Alice, I think the biggest thing right now is just honestly our schedule. Um, Mm. And and she doesn't even do that much yet, honestly. Um, But again, we live out in Cornac in... You know, we're an hour and a half from Musha. We're two hours from Regina. And um, we are in the city almost every two weeks. Which, I mean, Mm. is not a lot. But it is a lot when you live two hours away. Uh, Logan and I both work. Um, The girls go to daycare. Rayla goes to school. Rayla plays hockey. Rayla dances. Um, so, and all that stuff just, I, it's a full day trip. It's not like you're, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining. Um, because I, I love, I love our life. It's, it's busy and it's hectic and, and I do love that aspect of it. Uh, most of the time. Um, but it, you're trying, exactly. Um, an appointment is at least half a day if not more, um, yeah. just with traveling. Um, so that can get kind of exhausting, but uh, we make it work and it's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one of the other challenges, and it's not challenges that Alice has, it's challenges that I have as her mom And, um, one of them is, you know, seeing other kids who are the same age as her that are walking around and whatever, Mm -hmm. and and she's not. And I am, uh, part of me is so grateful that she's still like a baby. Cause I even remember like before I had her all, I just like prayed to God, like, please let me have a baby who stays a baby just a little bit longer than Rayla did because Rayla was just like, bang, 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 bang. (laughs) Teenager. (laughs) Basically. And, um, you know, Alice is still so much like a baby, you know, that it's, oh, I just, she snuggles and she is like, just, oh, you know, and I love that. (laughs) But then, like, you know, you, it's so, I, I have mentally done very good at like telling myself like you can't compare her and it's okay. And I know that, but you know, it always creeps in anyways. Mm -hmm. Like when you see a kid who is the exact same age as her and they're doing all these things and you're like, Oh, like, you know, that would be so nice. But you know, that's more of just like, yeah, it's that comparison. No. And it's going to happen. So yeah, I've accepted that but I don't get um, 
upset over it and yeah and don't like go into like a emotional state of like oh gosh what am I gonna do you know because yeah. it it really doesn't matter it's just something that pops up and then it's gone yeah so that's yeah. okay and I think that um I'm gonna do my best not to get emotional on this part because this what I am struggling with the most right now. <clears throat> oh man, okay. <laughs> um, so back to when we first found out. <clears throat> My first initial thought after was uh, like, Jade, what did you do wrong? Mm. And uh, Obviously, I know they're like, it's, that's not even a question to be asked, yeah. but, um, and so we're like a year and a half later almost, and I have kind of had time, like, I can go back and think about it now, um, like, kind of like outside the box, like looking mm-hmm. back in, but I think that there's so many emotions that I... Not that I didn't deal with, but that are coming up that in the moment it was like you, I felt all these things and we went through all this, but then it was like, okay, I need to like, yep, go on. I have this new baby who needs all the love in the world. And, you know, I have another child who still needs all the love in the world and we have all this stuff going on and it's like you you don't have time to like you feel feel like you're wallowing in it you're just like you just gotta go and it's all gonna be good (laughs) and it is but now um I can you know now now I'm back at work and I drive to work by myself. It's like a 10 minute drive, not that far, but I'm by myself and nothing else is going on. And you can think (laughs) a little more clearly without any other distractions. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And all these emotions are coming up that I didn't, you know, I I didn't really realize we're still there. So I think, um, my personal biggest challenge <clears throat> right now is um, kind of like dealing with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't feel like that. I don't feel like I did anything wrong. I didn't do anything wrong. I don't, you know, but I just, I feel like everything kind of happened so fast and um, that it was just like, hey, like we have this life and we have, we got to, we got to go you know yeah Yeah, they don't stop I like our situations are so different but I feel like this is kind of coming full circle to me that with this like messy mama spotlight like I relate to that so much and I'm sitting here trying not to cry too because that's something that right now I just feel like heavy all the time with it and exactly what you said like you, you know, in my instance, it's like, hey, we have another baby that's in the NICU. You're trying to deal with your other child. You're trying to, like, figure all of your shit out. 
that like, yeah, the emotions come and you feel them and you cry and you're sad and then you grieve kind of like what you thought it was going to look like and what, you know, what your delivery and going home with this new baby, like you almost have to grieve that in a sense. And then life happens and you're at home and you're adjusting and you're doing all of this. And then it kind of gets quiet and you're in your groove and your routine. And it's like, what the hell just happened? And I think also we're both kind of um, like Reese is quite a bit younger, but the hormones balance back out and, you know, like all of that changes and, I like right now I'm I'm in that too where it's like my anxiety is at an all-time high and it's like all of these questions and all of these feelings and then I'm frustrated because I'm like why like we're eight months down the road like I've been through this so I yeah the hardest part about motherhood to me is like the internal battle like the thoughts and like the worry you know, we did an episode on this a couple of weeks ago about like the guilt. And I just feel like that's why this is so powerful and why sharing it is so powerful. And um, I've always respected you. But when you started sharing that, it's just like that next level of like, you know, you sharing that is now giving all of these other moms comfort, comfort, right? And knowing that like, yeah my little girl is 18 months old and I still am feeling this and I'm fighting through this because motherhood isn't easy, you know? So uh, I feel you. I, yeah. (laughs) So let's kind of wrap it up with one last thing. I know that, um, I feel like I'm on the right track. You guys had a golf tournament in Alice's name, right? And that's just like not only bringing awareness, but can you kind of talk on like your fundraising efforts and your like advocacy and like why? What is your purpose with that? Um, so I am very much like I get something in my head and I'm going with it. Like <laughs> it can take me um, five seconds to decide like, yeah, okay, this is what I'm doing, which is kind of what happens. Um, so I... <laughs> We, uh, we had a golf tournament, um, last August, uh, and basically I wanted to do something, um, in honor of Alice, uh, to raise awareness, uh, raise some funds, um, and really, really just do something for her. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so Logan and I love to golf, um, we hope one day she likes to golf too. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, we organized uh, this tournament and we decided we would donate um, half the proceeds to um, the Saskatchewan Down Syndrome Society and half to Special Olympics Saskatchewan. And basically... Oh. Um, <laughs> What I like, my goal with it is that we can donate to organizations that are supporting and um, helping people with Down syndrome and their families, and organizations that Alice might benefit from someday. So, mm-hmm. you know, it won't always be the same organizations, probably, but you know, as she gets older and as we utilize different um, yeah. 
resources. That's kind of the goal is to, to support those different organizations and to, you know, um, bring awareness to the fact that, you know, people have Down syndrome and it's okay. And, uh, they can live um, very fulfilling and meaningful lives. Yeah. Just like me, just like you, just like anybody else. Yeah. And, um, you know, we are so fortunate that we live in the community that we live in um, because everyone is so supportive. And uh, it's amazing that, uh, you know, one simple thing can do so much yeah so I love that I I think that's just an incredible way to wrap this up I almost didn't start talking because I'm like keep going but I do like I think that you know when you have kids that do have some sort of additional needs or like are born premature or if your journey to motherhood takes a little bit longer and you have to use like alternative like measures or methods or whatever like I think that advocating for it is so important because, and I've talked about this, like you're letting other people know they're not alone, but how many, I'm just thinking like how many moms are going to listen to this episode and have no idea about 90% of what you talked about, right? And you can kind of see it differently so that you can now do better, right? Like we can't do better unless you know better. So I know for me, even like talking to you beforehand about like, I knew kind of the proper way to address a person that has down syndrome but it was something I was a little bit uncomfortable with talking about because I'm like I don't want to offend you because I love your little girl I love watching you guys but how do I you know so I just think that it's so so powerful um if anyone does feel pulled in um to help out and kind of support Alice. I mean, I'm sure that you are opening open to them messaging you on Instagram. Um, you'll be on our Instagram page too. So if you do feel called to kind of donate towards um, any of the organizations that the Skinners are kind of rooting for and, and utilizing, I know that Jade would be super, super happy to connect you and kind of help you. I hope you have another golf tournament because I plan on packing my family up and coming and showing you the lack of skills that I have in golf. Um, but thank you seriously so much for coming on here. The amount that I've had to like bite my tongue so I wasn't crying, blubbering was more than anticipated. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm, you know, I'm super stoked for you too. Like, this is awesome that you're doing this and um, kudos. Okay, well, thank you so much. And make sure you guys tune in next week again when we are back to our regular scheduled program. Um, but this Messy Mama Spotlight has been super, super fun. So I'm already looking forward to the next one. Have a good day, you guys.